Good day, my brothers and sisters in Christ. It's been a long time I haven't spoken to you guys, but I hope you're well and that you guys are reading your Bible, following the laws of Christ, baptizing, accepting Jesus as your Savior, and keeping safe from this pandemic. So today, I want to talk about envy, basically. Envy, like envy is a window. You know, for I was envious of the arrogant. You will find that in Psalm 73, 3. This side of heaven, all of us do it. And most of the time we do it without knowing that we are. It is such a natural thing for sinners to do. Perhaps every day, someplace, at some moment, we want what someone else has. Every day we are jealous for the possessions, position, or prominence of another person. There is probably never a day when we are free of envy. Maybe you're standing on the corner and someone drives by in a BMW and you say to yourself, it must be nice. Or maybe you see someone coming out of an upscale restaurant and just for a moment you want their life. Or maybe you've just heard about your neighbor's vacation and you wonder how they pull that off. Or perhaps it's dreaming of being your boss's boss. Or maybe it's a dark moment when, you mind, when your mind thinks about being with another man's wife. Or it could be as mundane as wishing that you were as slim, as slim or as Sally, or as athletic as Josh, or perhaps you spend too much time being a YouTube voyeur on the lives of the rich and famous. Maybe you struggled with envy. It's not so well defined. Maybe it's, it shows itself by making complaint the default language of your daily talk. Perhaps it shows itself in constant feelings of dissatisfaction, or maybe it's revealed by irritation that bubbles below the surface all the time. It is safe to say if you're a sinner, envy lurks around the corner all the time. You see, envy gets right to the heart of what sin is about. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says that Jesus came so that those who live should no longer live for themselves. The inertia of sin is inward. It causes me to shrink my head, my world down to the size of my life. It causes me to daily worship at the altar of my wants, my needs, and my feelings. Sin puts me at the center of my existence. The one place that neither I nor and any other human being should be. See, sin causes me to do, to be upset, obsessed with what I have and don't have, with what I have in comparison to what others have, and with what I've determined I need to have in order to be happy. Sin causes love of others to be replaced with entitlement and service of others to be replaced with demand. Sin makes me quickly impatient and easily irritated 
You see, sin makes it easier for me to complain than it is to praise. Sin makes complaining more natural than thankfulness. Sin causes my eyes to be bigger than my stomach and my wants to be constantly outsized by my halves. So why does sin do all of this? Because the DNA of sin is selfishness. Sin is about the higher low of self. Sin puts you and me in God's position. Sin is self-focused and self-possessed. The dark day in the garden, Adam and Eve, didn't eat the forbidden fruit out of love for God and one another. No, these people created to live for God and with others stepped over created boundaries in an act of outrageous selfishness. We are still paying for their selfishness today. Loving God above all else means submitting all I want and that I think I need. And all that I feel so, you know, I feel to his good, wise, loving, and holy lordship. Sin causes me to quest for lordship and imprisons me in bondage to me. I have written again and again about the redemptive implications of this, but here is one thing that you and I need to recognize and humbly accept every day. The thing that Jesus came to rescue us from is us. So it's no wonder that envy is such a problem for us, but your Lord has the power to redeem your envy as well. By his grace, he can help you to see what your envy reveals about your heart and your continued need of his rescue, rescuing, restoring, empowering, forgiving, and transforming grace. Here's what you need to understand. Your particular struggle with envy is a window into the real struggles of your heart. Let me explain. Envy is a window of the true treasures of our heart. Or should we would all like to think that we love God above all else? We all want to believe that his plan is more important to us than anything we would plan for ourselves. We would like to assume that what God promises us is more precious to us than anything we could ever set our eyes on. But envy reveals that these things are not yet completely true to us. Envy reveals that there is still a war of treasures raging in our hearts. Envy exposes the fact that the treasures of this is physical, created world still have power, ability to seduce, tempt, and sidetrack us. Envy tells us that we still look for satisfaction to these things that do not have the organic capacity to satisfy the craving of our hearts. Who or what you envy tells what you treasure. Envy is a window on how easily and constantly we forget we do have the amazing ability to stand in front of a closet that is bulging with clothes and say that we don't have a thing to wear. We do have the capacity to stand in front of a refrigerator filled with food and say there is nothing to eat. And we do have the ability to stand in the middle of a lavish blessing and feel as we are poor and needy. The sin of forgetfulness is one of the root sins of envy. 
we forget that in God's grace, we have been given what we could not earn, achieve, or deserve. We forget that the creator of all these things and the controller of all this is our father, and he is not only able to meet all our needs, he is willing to do so. Envy forgets blessings, and in forgetting blessings assumes poverty, and in assuming poverty gives way to hunger. And this feeling of hunger tempts us to look to and long for what simply is not satisfied. You see, envy is a window of the war within. Envy is a reminder. Envy is a warning. Envy is the sounding and internal alarm. Envy tells you that you must not live with a peacetime mentality. Even tells you that it's not time to chill and relax. Envy reminds you that there really is a war that is still raging for the rulership of your heart. Envy calls you to be a humble and disciplined soldier. Envy calls you to examine your heart and interrogate your desires. Envy calls you to live watchfully and prayerfully. Envy warns you to reject assessment of arrival. To the degree that you crave what your father has not chosen to give you, to the degree your heart is still out of step with him, the fight still goes on. Now, maybe after hearing this, you're thinking, wow, Henry, that was really discouraging. Here's what you and I need to remember. Our Savior walked on this earth where the war of envy rages, but he was envy-free. Why? Not because he had it all, but because he was willing to forsake, forsake it all for you and for me. Think about this. Rather than wanting all, the, all that what was the right of God, Jesus was willing to forsake it also, the battle for our hearts could and would finally be won. He walked away from glories, and, and our minds are too small to conceive in order to deliver to, to us these glories, that our minds are too small to conceive. He was not propelled by envy. No, he was propelled by love, and that love is the most powerful reason for hope in the universe. So we can we can affirm the uh, struggle. We can confess when envy, envy yanks us off his pathway, and we can know for sure that there will be a day when envy is no more, and we will live forever in the kingdom of his love, fully and completely satisfied. So stop wanting what others have. Stop looking ahead of what you think God has for you. Remember, God has the plan for you. He designed you. He's the, he's the potter, he's, and you're the clay. He's, he, he's making you right now. He's, he has, everybody's here with for a purpose. I told you that time and time and again. They're here, you're here for a purpose. He loves you. You have to just love him back. He talks to you here. Talk to him back. I talk to Jesus every day. Every day, all day, I talk to Jesus. Every day. You know, Jesus is my friend. 
God is my father. And God will bless you. Do what God tells you to do. Obey his rule, his laws. It's not much you have to do except Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's not much you have to do. God loves you. God loves you. He does. Let's end this with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For you are the king and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Thank you, my brothers and sisters. As always, God bless you. Have a blessed week. Enjoy your family. You know you're here today, tomorrow. You won't. Who knows? But enjoy your family. Enjoy what you have. Don't look around for something else than what you have. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> you know how that goes. Thank you, my brothers and sisters, and God bless.